You are listening to the Daily Roundup here as part of the Reality Steve podcast. I am your host, Reality Steve. Thank you all for tuning in. A really good Thursday show for you. We're going to talk about what's coming up in the weekly podcast in a couple hours from now. Pregnancies around Bachelor Nation. Well, two of them, but two of them we can talk about real quick. Yes, I have more on Travis and Taylor. Not necessarily about them, but more silly coverage of their relationship. We're going to talk about Survivor last night, bringing back an all-time classic. I did not realize it hadn't been seen in eight years on the show, which spanned about 16 seasons. We're going to talk about the challenge last night. First of our mercenaries is brought in, and I'm finally going to get to that Marvel story uh, that I've been wanting to get to. And we will get to all that momentarily. All right, let's get started. Uh, first off, my weekly podcast coming up in a couple hours from now, podcast number 365. That's going to be me answering your reader emails. A lot of good questions. There's definitely questions about Clayton and his accuser. Uh, talk about special forces. Talk about um, Golden Bachelor. Some questions about, obviously, Travis and Taylor. Um, quite a few questions. Well, not quite a few, but uh, Big Brother, uh, The Challenge, um, personal questions towards me, sports-related questions. Someone asked about Jim Rome and my career there. Uh, Paradise. I mean, just uh, kind of ran the gamut. Uh, a lot of good questions this week and some answers that maybe you've heard before, but oh, there's some answers that maybe you haven't heard before. So, that's coming up in a couple hours, podcast number 365, so get ready for that. But I really appreciate you guys sending in those questions. I want to say there was probably, oh my gosh, how many were there? Um, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, nineteen, twenty. 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, about 21, 22 questions that I answered. And sometimes the questions had three or four <laughs> Three or four parters, you know, so probably answered over 40 now that I think about it, because somebody would send an email in and it'd have three or four questions in it. So uh, a lot of stuff gets covered. So look for that in a couple hours on the Reality Steve podcast feed. It's podcast number 365, my weekly podcast. And next week, I um, believe we'll back to be having a guest, although it is Thanksgiving Day next Thursday when my weekly comes out. So <laughs> maybe I'll put it out Wednesday night. You know, depending on when I record it, but keep an eye out for that next week, because do I expect a lot of people to be listening to my daily roundup of my sports daily and my weekly podcast on Thanksgiving Day? Probably not. Downloads probably be down that day, but that's I'm fine with that. Still going to get recorded because I don't miss podcasts. The only time I will ever miss a podcast is if, like I said, laryngitis to where you can't, I can't even speak sickness. I'll fight through. I've done a couple where I was very congested and stuff like that. The only way you won't get a podcast is two reasons. Laryngitis or obviously something horrible. And I happened to be in a hospital that night for something or, um, something happens audibly in, in you know, in the upload process and something happens with Apple podcasts where they don't put it up. I know a few of you yesterday commented about what I said regarding, I know a lot of you emailed me the other day, not a lot of you, but three of you had emailed and and were like, hey, it's not downloading or it says download incomplete or something like that. At that point, 
what a lot of people have told me is if you ever get that, if you get a download incomplete, go to your Wi-Fi and just shut your Wi-Fi off to listen to the podcast and then you can turn it back on. People said that works all the time. It's just like for whatever reason, for that particular Wi-Fi that you're under, it could not download the whole thing. So just shut it off, listen to it, turn your Wi-Fi back on. And Spotify yesterday, it just came up late. I don't know why, but um, it did not post at 7.30 Eastern time on Spotify. It wasn't until I believe like 10 or 10.30 a.m. is when it posted, maybe even a little bit later. But that's what happened there. Um, Next thing, pregnancies in Bachelor Nation. How about this? Uh, This happened actually two days ago. This happened on Tuesday, and I forgot to talk about it in yesterday's podcast. But how about baby announcements from two different people? I don't think they know each other, so it's like... Did one get overshadowed because they both came out on the same day? I, I can't imagine that either of them thought that the other one was going to be announcing a pregnancy that same day, both with the same outlet as uh, Blake Horseman and his girlfriend, uh, Giannina, is that how you pronounce her name? Um, from All Star Shore and from um, Love is Blind, right? She was on that show. They've been a couple for over a year now. Uh, they are pregnant. And Courtney Robertson and her husband, Umberto, are pregnant with their third child. I will say that I did know about that because Courtney and I are good friends. And obviously, I was never going to spoil it for Courtney and put that out there before she announced it. But I appreciate her telling me beforehand. I'm so happy for them. And I even told Courtney, I said, look, you're due. I think I think she's I think she's due in March of 2024. I said, hey, Courtney, you're doing March. Priorities here. Uh, the Reality Steve fan appreciation party is going to be in June. I want you there like you were last year. And she already told me, she's like, oh, no, we are already set. Even though we're going to have a three-month-old, we are definitely going. No problem. So I appreciate that type of dedication on Courtney's end to come to the party. Can't wait to uh, hang out with them again next uh, next June. I'm finalizing the date, still trying to work on where it's going to be. I hope to have it. It definitely will be finalized from the time whenever we get a start date for Joey's season. I will announce it in the recap the next day. I'm assuming that's going to be the third Monday in January, just like it was last year for Zach. So, Courtney, I appreciate that. Thank you for you know entrusting me with your secret and telling me that. And obviously, I never said anything. The Blake one was interesting because three days ago, I got an email, just a random tip about somebody that clearly must know them or is in that inner circle who told me, hey, there's a pregnancy announcement coming soon between Blake uh, and Giannina. Um, Just know it's probably coming sometime this week. And I didn't really follow up because I wasn't, again, I'm not going to ruin somebody's pregnancy announcement. Because I'm the spoiler guy. No, I would never do that. So, but yeah, I did get an email. I think it was on Sunday night or Monday that that was coming. So it was good to hear. It's good to know that I got a tip that ended up being right about, about that because I hate getting wrong information sent to me. So congratulations to Blake. Congratulations to Courtney as well. Yes, more Travis and Taylor talk. This one just comes to the absurdity of the coverage that it's getting. Not that they're a couple. I have no problem with them being a couple. I told you my issue is with all the other outlets that are covering the most minuscule and stupid things, kind of like, you know, 
Abigail Anderson, her best friend, liked something on Instagram from E! Online, and they made a whole story out of it. They didn't interview Abigail. They didn't talk to her, ask her how Taylor's doing, ask her what she thinks of Travis. Has she met Travis? Has she spoken to Travis? Has she FaceTime with Travis? No, nothing. All they did was say, hey, Abigail Anderson, Taylor Swift's best friend from childhood, liked a photo that promoted the video of Taylor coming off stage and kissing Travis in Argentina. I mean, just ridiculous. Well, Us Weekly tried to one-up them yesterday with this headline. Everything Kansas City Chiefs coach Andy Reid has said about Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey's romance. Honestly, does anybody give a shit what the coach of the Chiefs thinks of Travis Kelsey dating Taylor Swift? He's not a relationship expert. He's the guy's coach. And then the and then the the instances they use where Andy Reid has spoken about this back in September 2023, earlier this year, a couple months ago, post-game press conference, he said, you know what? I've met her before. Set them up before kind of, you know, tongue-in-cheek walking away from the podium. Then in October, he says, I knew her from Philadelphia. Her dad was a big NFL fan, so I had met her when she was real young and her dad. He clarified that he was previously joking about setting Kelsey up with her, and she's a good girl who's into the sport. We're glad she's here. Then, in October of 2023, he said she can stay around all she wants, adding that Travis keeps, quote, getting better with time. And then, in November of 2023, this year, he said, I'm glad he's found somebody he likes and he's and she's found somebody she likes. That's a good thing. That's it. Those were that was a headline story on Us Weekly yesterday, and those were the quotes that they got that Andy Reid has said at some point over the last three months. Honestly, come on. You this is what I mean. It's so ridiculous. Let's go to his coach and see what he says about the relationship. How about this? Let's not. He didn't add anything remotely interesting. Stop it. All right, let's talk about the two shows that air on Wednesday nights we cover on this podcast every Thursday, and that is Survivor and The Challenge. Survivor brought back an all-time classic, the Survivor Auction. And I didn't even know. I knew they hadn't done it in a long time, but I did not realize They had not done a Survivor auction since season 30, which I believe Jeff said was 2015. And obviously they do two shows a season. So 15 seasons since we've seen the Survivor auction, which, you know, I always liked, but I understand why they took it away. Jeff had done an interview a while back and talked about why they took it away. And he just didn't like the direction it was going because people were holding out for advantages and stuff like that. So I like the fact, one, that they brought it back for this season. And two, I like the fact that they changed how they did it. So there were there were basically three aspects to it. In the old Survivor auction, everyone was given the same amount of money, right? Fake money, and you just had to bid on stuff. Could be food, could be pig eyes. Well, I like the fact that they had to go out and earn their money. Not earn it, but they had to find it in the jungle. Some were better than others. Someone had $900, someone had 80. Bruce had 80 bucks cuz he didn't seem to care or try. But so I like that aspect of it that they had to go out and get as much as they could. Then I liked the twist of okay. 
after the first five items, I have 15 items here. After the first five, I'm going to pull a number between six and 15 out of this bag. And that is the number that the survivor auction will end. But I'm not going to show it to you guys. And whoever has the most money left doesn't get a vote in tonight's rose ceremony ceremony and survivor tribal council. So that was an interesting twist. I thought they were going to show us the audience so we knew when we were watching the episodes, but they didn't. We just had to, after every meal after five, it was... Was this going to be the last one? Was number six the last one? Was seven? Was eight? Was nine? It ended up being after the tenth one. That was the number that Jeff drew out of the bag. And at that point, Bruce had the most money left, so Bruce did not get to vote. But yet, Bruce ends up winning the immunity challenge for the week, so it really didn't matter in the grand scheme of things unless he would have given his immunity idol necklace to somebody. But I like that twist. I hope they bring it back every year now. Now, the people that are on the next season wouldn't know what the twist was. So they wouldn't be able to, they wouldn't even know because 45 and 40, uh, you know, 45 and 46 filmed back to back earlier this year. This is season 45. Season 46 is coming in February. And by the way, if you didn't know this about Survivor season 46, the first episode of the season is going to be, or actually the first two. I know the first episode of the season is going to be two hours. I think the second episode is going to be two hours as well. And then every episode after that is going to be 90 minutes and amazing race is going to air after it for 90 minutes again, like it's airing right now in the fall. So that was announced earlier this week, 90 minutes again for survivor next season. So that's good. I'm glad we got that. I forget the start date. I apologize, but I believe it. um, I, I know for a fact it's February. Just can't remember what Wednesday in February it starts, but we do have that. But I really liked that twist. Um, It was a a good one. What I didn't understand was the elimination of Kelly at Tribal Council, but there's a reason for that. I kind of dozed off after the... (laughs) And I could have sat there and rewound it because I record it every week, but I didn't. I kind of dozed off right around when Bruce won immunity and then when the strategizing for what was going to happen at Tribal Council started happening... I don't know why Kelly's name came up. I thought they were all going after Jake. If you're interested and want to fill me in, I'd appreciate it because I don't feel like rewatching the episode. In fact, I think I already deleted it off my DVR. Sorry. But I don't know why they decided to go with Kelly. I thought they all wanted Jake out. I think it had to do with Kelly's relationship with Bruce. And so since they couldn't get Bruce, they wanted to take out one of his allies. I'm pretty sure that's the reason. But I didn't know, like, the thought process behind it and why five decided, but three decided to vote for Jake. That I don't know. But good episode overall. Really liked it. As for the challenge, the mercenaries are starting to enter the game. And now I know what it was. Someone actually emailed me at the end of last week and told me after last Thursday's podcast, it might have come over the weekend, of what to expect and basically laid out for the next 10 episodes. We have a former legend and it's going to go boy, girl, boy, girl, boy, girl, boy, girl, boy, girl for the next 10 episodes of one of them coming into the arena. Now we know how it works because for the longest time, I didn't know how it worked. I didn't know like, well, what do they do? I know they don't stay in the game, but what's the point of this? And what happens is what you saw last night, a former legend will come into the game 
seemingly there'll be two people that are in the arena that have been one has lost at that daily challenge and then the house nominates someone else and now this mercenary gets to choose or he has to draw who he wants to who he's going to face in the arena i'm sure there will be a mercenary that comes in and says i'm not drawing i want you i'm sure that'll happen at some point don't know who but i'm sure it will happen but jordan comes in last night draws Siren's name. Is that how you announce it? Siren? Forget. And Siren and Afa. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm <laughs> forgetting uh, the international players' names just because I'm not familiar with them. But the twist is that if the mercenary, former legend, wins, he gets $10,000 or she gets $10,000, and that $10,000 is taken off the current pot, which before last night stood at $406,000. Well, Jordan just absolutely mind-fucked Siren in the arena and ended up winning. Best two out of three. He lost the first one. The second game goes, and he's like, I'll just let him get the first two points here, and then beats him 7-4, and then beats him in the finals. Uh, Jordan, while I don't like the guy, and I think that his behavior on this show over the years while it has been called out online, he hasn't suffered any repercussions because of it. He keeps getting brought back. I think it's promoting really poor behavior. So I don't like the guy in that aspect, but challenge-wise, he's a beast. And don't particularly care for his attitude. Don't particularly care for the fact that he thinks his shit doesn't stink. Whatever. He's an. I can admit, I can be objective and say, one of the best five to ever play this game, male players to ever play this game. So four wins under his belt, eight finals. He's he's a beast. And he absolutely ran mind games all over Sierra, right? <laughs> Can't remember how to pronounce his name. But so Jordan gets 10,000 and the rest of the competitors lose 10,000. So now there's only $396,000 in their pot. I wonder if they're going to be able to have a chance to win more money during challenges uh, and challenges during the earlier portions of the episode? Or is it right now 396 is the max? And we know that the next nine legends that come into the arena, we know they're not all losing, and the pot's going to stay at 396 because it's not like if the challenger beats one of the legends and the mercenary that comes in, it's not like $10,000 gets added to the pot. It just stays the way it was. So... I don't know. If you're going to ask me right now how many mercenaries end up winning the arena, I'm going to say six or seven. So we're looking at probably a pot this year of 330, you know, maybe 340, something like that. Um, I would. I don't think it's going to be – I don't think more competitors are going to beat mercenaries in these 10 arenas that we're going to see. So looking forward to it. I really like that twist. Usually I don't like the twist they put on this show, but I like this one. So it was a night of twists on Survivor and the Challenge, and I liked both of them, really did. Final note here, been teasing it for two days, never got around to it, so get around to it now. I really like, um, well, I kind of like the fact that, well, the Marvel movies, I've, I'm have i into the MCU franchise. I was into it more right up until Avengers Endgame. I've watched a few of the movies since then, the Phase 4 and Phase 5 and all that stuff. These different phases get me confused on which movies are in which phase, and um. But up through Endgame, I really liked it. A lot of the movies kind of ran together for me, but I think Avengers Endgame was 
one of the best movies I'd ever seen. The more I think about it and the more I kind of see it come up on cable sometimes, I, it's like an almost, it's like Back to the Future Karate Kid for me. I have to watch it if I see it. I think it's really, really well done. And I probably would have loved it even more if I actually watched those MCU movies when they actually came out because I was a latecomer to the MCU uh, universe, the MC universe, the Marvel Comics universe, because I just didn't watch those movies. I didn't watch Iron Man and Thor and Hulk and all that stuff, Black Panther, Black Widow, until my nephew got me into it, and then I just said, you know what, I'm going to start watching these. And so every single one of those movies I saw on Disney+. Plus. I never saw them in the theaters until um, I got caught up right around the time Endgame was coming out. So did see that in the theater, thought it was awesome. Everything since then, I don't think it's been as good. I just think you're never going to – I can't imagine. Like, if, if you're a true MCU dork and you love this stuff and you just devour all things MCU, is there anybody out there that's liked the stuff post-Endgame? Or will you always be, hey, I'm a Captain America, Iron Man, Ant-Man, Spider-Man guy? I, I think I'll always be that. I just can't get into these new ones. There's a few that are cool. I really like Shang-Chi. I, li- I like that character. I like that movie. Um, I do like Wanda. I, I thought WandaVision was really creative. I did like that. But the multiverse of madness, I did like Ant-Man. Loki's confusing. Yeah, I don't know. I it just The Captain America, Iron Man, Hulk, Ant-Man... Those were so good, and it it all culminated in Endgame, which is just a fabulous, fabulous movie. With that said, the latest movie to hit the theaters was Marvels, The Marvels, which came out last weekend, and it had the worst opening in the history of Marvel movies. Now, a lot of it probably had to do with the fact that they couldn't promote it because there was a writer's strike and an actor's strike for the last 160 days or whatever it was. So... You couldn't have any promotion for this movie from the actors in it. You can't have a red carpet show. None of that. So that sucked. I felt bad for it. And the thing is, it's getting good reviews online. And Rotten Tomatoes has it at like 70% or something like that. And then the fan base has it at like 88% on Rotten Tomatoes. Good reviews, but I think the fact that the actor strike was in effect is what killed it from being um, doing well at the box office. I really do. Only drew $47 million. That is basically every Marvel movie in its first weekend opening is drawing $100 million minimum, and this drew half that. So I need to go see it. I want to see it because I kind of dug the Marvel uh, TV series on Disney+, Plus, but i got to convince my nephew uh, to go with me, which I think I can. Anyway, thank you very much uh, for listening. Uh, Please follow me on Apple Podcasts. Also, rate and review if you can. Sports Daily will be up in an hour from now. Podcast number 365, answering your reader emails. Coming up in a couple hours from now, so check that out. Anyway, thank you all for listening. Really appreciate it. And I will talk to you tomorrow. See you!